Let's go over to uh, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 30, and let's uh, get ready to get into this message here today, and I want to take a moment to pray, and uh, I trust you come expecting good things from the Lord, and uh, and not just doing your doing your church duty, <laughs> doing your religious stuff. Uh, we come to have an encounter with Almighty God. So let's let's pray today, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your your presence, your spirit in our lives. We believe that you're at work in us today, and we ask you now for the word for the hour, the message for this time. Lord, give us fresh manna from heaven, that we may partake of your thoughts, that we may live our lives according to your ways. We believe now for utterance in the Holy Spirit and boldness to speak your word, and thank you now for each one. I pray that you'd open the eyes of our understanding that we may see and know all that we should for today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We started a series a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, called I Choose. And uh, we're going to continue choosing today, continue with this message. Let's go ahead and read our text here, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. It says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Like we said before, it's the will of God that you and I live. It's the will of God that you and I abound in blessing, that we live far from death and cursing in our individual lives. And therefore, He gave us the choice. See, it's never been God's plan. It's not His character to just force people. He doesn't make us do things. uh, He's not the puppet master driving everything that happens in the world. In fact, much of what happens in the world is expressly opposite of what God wants to happen. And, uh, And many times things in people's lives, even His own children's lives, are... Uh, they're contrary to his will and to his ways. They don't. They don't. It doesn't make him happy uh, to see his people suffering and to pe- see people operating in what the Bible defines as death or cursing. And uh, rather, he wants us to uh, be blessed. Amen. Have a smile on our face. How many know we represent him well when we're doing well? When we're doing well. When when you're doing good, healthy, strong, money in the bank, marriage together, kids obedient. Right, God, uh, you're a good representation. People look at you and say, "Wow, how do you do that?" <laughs> I've got an answer. Amen, amen. And that's how we represent Him. But again, the Lord places these things before us, and uh, I think we really should avoid because this is a great hindrance. Now we should avoid the thinking, the mentality that certain things are just going to happen to you, and there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing. Uh, that you can do to stop it. It's just almost, I mean, the world would use language like fate. Well, it's, it's just your fate. This is going to happen to you no matter what you do. There's nothing you could have done about it, nothing you can do to stop it. It's just going to happen. You know, kind of the old, uh, the thought about a person's lifespan being on a clock. You know how that's popular in, in many people's thinking, even Christians sometimes. They think, well, when your day comes, you're gone. Do you know that's unscriptural? Do you know that the Bible doesn't teach us that, that uh, there's just a set day and, w- and whenever you arrive at that day, you're either going to get in a car wreck, have a heart attack, or <laughs> something's going to happen you're just going to die. That's totally religious bunk and baloney. Listen, the Lord set before us. He said, uh, with long life, I'll satisfy you. That, that means that his 
his proposal, his promise to us is that we can live until we're satisfied. Yeah, yeah, you can live a long life. And he tells us things that we can do to increase the length of our lives and things that will decrease the length of our lives. But again, that mindset, many times you come even into the church and people jump into the uh, predestination type of thing and, and they read, you know, they think it's all over the Bible when it's not. <laughs> and they think it applies to, a, a, you know, negative things happening to people and it doesn't. It just really doesn't have anything to do with that. The Lord has placed before us all the ability and the, the choice to choose life or death, all right? And so what happened, what has happened in your life, now don't be beat up by this, but you chose it. I'm not talking about as a child, I'm talking as adults. No. All right, we chose. Okay. What's going to happen tomorrow? Good news. No matter what's happened yesterday, we get to choose. And as we're seeing through this study of the Word of God, we're seeing how we can do this. And I tell you what, what a privilege that God sets before us and even kind of says, take that one. You know what I'm saying? Just for those who are really slow. I don't know what to do. Multiple choice here. <laughs> you freak out on tests and, stuff and things? <laughs> he gives you the answer key. He said, life and blessing, that's the one you want. <laughs> uh, I'm glad. Amen. And uh, I want you to look over with me at Luke chapter 10 today. We know this, that the the way that we choose life, the primary way is by choosing Jesus. When you chose to accept the one who gave his life for you on the cross, shed his blood so that you could walk free, uh, that was the best choice you've ever made. How many know that choice is going to last forever? Huh? I mean, there's a lot of choices we make, and they're all important, but none right reaches the level of the fact that I laid down my life and made Jesus Lord and now I'm laughing for eternity. Amen. Come on now. No matter, I mean, literally, no matter what happens down here, this is just a speck in the big picture. Our, your life is but a vapor. Amen. In Luke chapter 10, I want us to read over here in verse uh, 38. Luke 10, verse 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary. So we have Mary and Martha, the M&M sisters, right? Mary and Martha. Who would do that, name their kids all with the same letter? <laughs> anyway, Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and, and heard the word. I want you to notice that. She sat at his feet and she heard the word but Martha was distracted with much serving and she uh, approached him and said Lord do you not care that my sister has left me alone uh, to serve alone therefore tell her to help me and Jesus said Martha would you get up there or excuse me Mary would you get out there and help your sister she's got way too much to do and you sit around here reading the Bible Sit around here listening to my teaching. You ought to be up serving. Is that what he said? No. no. But he said to her, Martha, Martha, say it. Martha. You are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. 
And Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Well, Mary chose the good part, that good part, and it will not be taken away. It's interesting. Mary was sitting there listening to the words of Jesus, and he commended her for it. Listen, there, is it wrong to serve? No, of course not. We should all serve in some capacity. But how many know nothing compares to hearing the words of the Master as far as importance in our lives. You may serve, 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 but if you don't get the word, 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 word from the Lord, uh, there's going to be something seriously missing. And the Lord, co- uh, the Lord commended her for choosing what he called that good part, sitting at his feet and hearing the word. Why is that so important? It is because the words of the Lord, when we hear them, when we put ourselves in position to receive them, are going to shape our beliefs. Everybody say beliefs. Beliefs. What you believe about everything impacts everything. Your beliefs drive your life. You're here today because you believed something. Amen. And what I subject myself to and allow to speak into my life will, again, determine what what I'm going to believe. And if I truly believe something, that is going to uh, impact my actions. Now, I know sometimes people will say, well, I believe this, 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 and this, and then you follow them around, you realize, no, they don't. No, they heard that, and they just said something. They're lying. Hmm. When, one, when one truly believes something, their actions then follow that. Okay? And, th- and this is what's vitally important. Belief drives your life in every area. Always has. Every day of your life, what you believe about what you should do, how you should treat people, how you relate to the Lord, uh, all these things direct your steps and how you're going to act. They've, even you get outside of the church, and people have discovered that human beings are designed to believe and therefore produce results, even things that seem supernatural, and I guess they are. But we're designed for that. Uh, you've heard of the placebo effect. When, when, a, when a, a sick person takes a pill of what they believe is a medicine or a cure for their disease, and they get well only to find out there was no medicine in the pill. But yet it had a, a direct physical impact on their body. They were changed. How does that happen? That's the way God created us. Your belief directs everything, even in areas that seem impossible. And now, of course, we add the words of the Lord, the words of the Master. And we're not talking about just grabbing something out of the air that all human beings can do. They can believe something and literally change it. We're talking about getting a word from God and letting our lives be established on what thus saith the Lord. How many think that can produce a supernatural result? Well, it's absolutely designed to do that. God has given His Word so that our beliefs are adjusted 
and come in line with what's true and what's right, come in line with God, and therefore our lives are miraculously transformed into His image. I mean, it's a supernatural thing, but God did it through His Word. Remember, the Scripture said He sent His Word. The psalmist said He sent His Word and healed them. Well, how does a Word heal someone? It, it, does, it works like this. I hear it. I accept that as my belief. Yes, I believe that's true. And then it happens. God designed for things to work that way. And, and recognizing this great power of belief, you know, Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Remember Romans ten seventeen says, so then faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Her beliefs were being altered. Her beliefs were changing. Her eyes were opening on the inside. She's seeing things. And that directs her future in a whole different way than it had ever gone before. That's why the words of the Lord are so important and so valuable to us because our beliefs affect everything that we do in life. Now, again, we've all been listening to someone our whole lives we have. We've we've listened to parents and siblings and friends and relatives and uh, co-workers we, we watch the TV and listen to the radio and read newspapers and magazines and articles on the Internet and emails and just, I mean, information galore is, uh, is abounding all around us today. And basically what it is, it's one person's thoughts getting into your thoughts. And we're hearing the thinking of many people all of our lives. Some of it's good, some of it's not, but we're hearing a lot of different ways to believe and our lives are being shaped by what we accept because I cannot just cut off like we walked by a guy the other day and heard him cussing and I thought I didn't really want to hear that (laughs) but how many I didn't know I did anyway I don't get to choose everything I hear Hmm. but I choose what to accept I choose what I let to reside in my mind. I can't stop a bird from flying over my head, but I can certainly keep it from building a nest in my hair. Right? And, and we've heard all kinds of things, but what we need to establish is a filter so I can recognize what am I going to allow to alter really the course of my future by accepting, and what am I going to say, you know what, I hear that, but I don't, I don't receive that. How many know there's a lot of funky ideas going around? There really is. Uh, There's a lot of ideas. And sometimes people will tell you uh, about experience, supposed experiences they've had. People have told me, God told me this. And I knew God didn't. I had to filter that out. No, God doesn't talk like that. I've had people share with me near-death experiences where I saw this. I died for a little bit and I saw this. And I thought, that's not true say, well, how do you know you weren't there? I know because I have made this, the, I've given the, God's word the preeminent place in my mind. And if I hear something that contradicts it, I throw it out. How many know that's the only way to stay uh, steady? There are too many conflicting ideas. And people think they know something. They, sometimes they were on drugs when they, when they saw it. Well, I saw this. Well... I guess maybe you did, but I'm not going with it. I'm not going to adapt that into my belief system. Because if I do, then I'm going to ch- I've got to change the next time I hear someone else say something that 
contradicts it. I'm going to believe this. Now I'm going to believe this. Now I'm going to believe this. Now I'm going to believe this. You know, some Christians are confused because they listen to too many things. You don't need everybody's opinion about everything. You don't have to study everything out by Googling it and, and getting everyone's, uh, everyone under the sun's idea about the particular subject. Okay? I'm not saying that you could never do that, but just getting a lot of man's ideas oftentimes brings confusion. And if you allow it into your belief system, it'll then direct your life. It will. You'll change going forward. But I want to filter everything with the Word of God. You know, it, what you hear about another person. If I hear a negative report about you, how is that going to affect me next time I see you? See, I'm going to have to deal with that. If I believe it's true, I, it just really hindered my relationship with you. Hmm. I mean, no, that's why uh, repeating bad news about others is bad news. It's not a good idea. It hinders relationships. Uh, I, I know, I, I, I can remember a time someone shared with me something negative about a minister that they said something or did something I don't remember the details of it uh, but I know next time I saw that minister I was much more closed to receiving from them you know the truth is I don't even know if what they said was true isn't that sad and, and sometimes sometimes when people do share negative things about someone they did su such and such by the time that story gets around to you they may have totally fixed it even if it was true and now you've got a negative opinion in their in your mind about them and they may have repented and fixed the thing that they did wrong or or took back you know what they said and, and totally changed and it's just this negative stuff it's like I uh, heard someone say uh, that lie tra a lie will travel the world before truth has a chance to get its pants on. And a lot of times negative stuff clouds our judgment and our thinking towards other people, and we shut it off. There's no doubt some people have left churches because someone said, oh, but they're a such-and-such -such church. They're a this kind. Did you hear what? they did did you hear what they believe and therefore they never got an opportunity to minister to certain people what we need to uh, do is go back of course always to the word of the Lord and choose like Mary did the better part I, I want to hear what thus saith the Lord I want to hear what Jesus has to say because these negative reports a lot of junk that goes around will influence my life in a negative way uh, I want you to turn with me over to the Old Testament and to the book of Numbers. You know, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 53 and verse 1, it says, Who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? This would be a good question for us today, is have we believed the Lord's report? If I choose to believe it, again, it directs my life going forward. But if I don't, that also will do the same thing. And so, whose report will you believe? In Numbers uh, and the 13th chapter, the, you know the story here is God was leading the children of Israel 
into what was called the promised land. Canaan's land. It was, they were slaves in Egypt and he took them out and he was bringing them into a new place. He said, I've given this, for, given this to you. It's yours. I want you to go in there and get it because some other people were in the way. <laughs> and he said, I want you to go in there and take it from them because it's not theirs. It's yours. I've given it to you. Go in there and get it. And they, came up, they come up to the border and they decided to send spies in ahead of time to know what they're facing. Right? They wanted to know what they're up against, who's in there, what's it look like. They came back with a glowing report of it is a land flowing with milk and honey. And it, they brought fruit, and it was just a, this is a good place to be. And a, a guy named Caleb stood up and said, let's do it. Let's take this place. We are well able to possess it. Let's go get it. But all his buddies <laughs> that went with him stood up and said, uh, we might want to rethink this. Uh, we went in there. There's giants. Uh, we're in trouble if we go in there. We are not able to do this. We are not up to the task. I think we need to go back to Egypt. They brought a bad report. One person brought a good report. One brought a, or the rest of them, brought a bad report. But how many know the Lord wasn't talking in all this? Ahead of time, he said, it's yours, you go get it. That's the word of God. And then the biggest part of the group comes back and say, no, we can't do it. We can't get it. What, what, what's, what are they up against now? Choice. Who are we going to go with here? Are we going to go with the Lord, the word of the Lord, what he told us to do? Or are we going to go with what these other people said? How many know we're making decisions like that every day? We are. We're choosing how we're going to live our lives. We're choosing what we're going to believe. We can believe the report of the Lord, or we can believe the things that we see, the circumstances around us, what others tell us we can't do. And I want to read here in verse 1 of chapter 14. It says, So all the congregation lifted up their voice and said, Praise God, it's about time. We're going in there to take it. Oh, I read that wrong. All the congregation lifted their voices and cried, and the people wept all that night. God said, it's yours. You can have it. They saw the fruit. They saw it was a nice place. And someone else said, we can't do it. And so they cried all night long. Verse 2, and all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness. They're saying, we might as well be dead. I wish we would have died already. Why are they saying that? Because they chose to believe the bad report. And that influenced their emotions, it influenced their, their well-being, and it eventually influenced the timing of their departure from the planet look down at verse 11 then then the Lord said to Moses how long will these people reject me and how long will they not believe me with all the signs which I have performed among them I want you to notice the Lord's language he said how long will they not believe me you know what that tells me? What I believe is a choice that I make. Sometimes people want to imply 
that belief or faith is something, well, some have it, some don't. It just kind of, you never know. God gives it to some. He doesn't give it to others. Uh, nothing could be further from the truth. I believe what I choose to believe. When I have a choice before me, life, death, blessing, cursing, take the land, you can't take the land, I make a decision. And this is where we have got to learn. It is really as simple as that. I'm going to choose today what I'm going to believe about my life, what I'm going to believe about my future. When I have options on the table, it's, it boils down to a simple decision-making process. I'm going with what I see. I'm going with what somebody else told me. I'm going with the way I've been brought up. I'm going with, and you name it, what so-and-so said on the news. <laughs> or I'm going with the Word of the Lord. We can be like Mary who chose the better part. And that was to hear the words of the Master and change everything. If you get a bad report, and I'm talking just literal everyday life now, that bad report can be all kinds of things. It can be a health thing. We know people get bad reports sometimes from a doctor. Uh, that doctor's not bad, but he's telling you what he sees. Uh, you can get a bad report about your job, your finances, just a myriad of things. Do you have a scripture that says something different than that report? Could you find a Bible promise, a word from God that promises you something that's different from what the report was that just came to you? If you find yourself in physical uh, sickness and disease and your body's in pain, can you find a word that says different than what you're feeling? If, you're, if you have lack, if you're alone, lonely, if, I mean, we could, we could go through. If you find yourself in some condition, can you find a verse that declares to you the opposite of what you're feeling or what someone told you? If so, good news, because now I've got life and death on the table. And many times people live as if, and they feel as if, what has happened to me has happened to me. There's nothing I can do about it. I mean, I would if I could, but I can't. If you can find a word from God, everything changes now. Literally, a person can choose between sickness and health, between rich and broke. Absolutely, God has placed these things before us by His amazing and exceedingly great precious promises. That if I will listen and I make this choice ahead of time to be at the feet of the Master and hear His words, then when I hear what He says and I see that's different than my life. That's different than what I'm experiencing. That's different than what I know today. Decision time. This is now when I can make a decision as to whether I'm going to accept what I see and feel or I'm going to reject it and say, no, I believe the Word of God is more real. I'm going with Him. See, is it really that easy? If God's Word is true, then it is. I can choose it. And whatever I choose to believe, way more powerful than the placebo, 
It's a word from God. I choose to believe that immediately now starts working in my life. And my body changes, my emotions change, my life changes, my circumstance. Things are all working for me. God is behind this. Amen now. I'm not talking about some universal power out there that we're all just going to tap into. I'm talking about a person. I'm talking about the maker of the heavens and the earth. It's like when Paul preached to that group and they had all these idols and he found one uh, that, was, that said to the unknown God. He said, that's the one I want to talk about. <laughs> that's the one we're talking about. Many people don't know him, but he is God, the maker of heavens and earth. And what he says goes. What he says is true, but it's placed before us as a choice. Which one do you want? I choose to go with him. I choose to go with his word. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter 4. You see, circumstances change, but the word of God does not. It remains the same always. And the choice that we have, oh, this is, this is powerful. And I tell you what, again, life-changing what you believe about you will change what you do. What you believe about God will change your life, how you relate to Him. What you believe about Jesus will make a difference whether you go to heaven or hell. What you believe about me will affect our relationship. What you believe about the potential of your marriage, your kids, other friends, what you believe about that will determine whether you'll give it more effort will determine whether you'll uh, go the extra mile. Amen. Where are you getting your beliefs from? Isn't that a good question? So I, I come up with them on my own. No. I don't believe that. We think we all have original thoughts. <laughs> Nothing new under the sun. And a lot of goofiness is just recycled. It's got a new face on it. Now its pants are pulled half down. <laughs> it's just another. It's just the same old thought. God's still the same. He's always the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Really, the devil's the same. He's just a just a liar, liar, pants on fire, and uh, he ain't got anything new. No new tricks. It's the same stuff recycled. And sometimes people feel feel like I'm my own man. I, I choose to believe this, and they come up with their own belief. They didn't know there was a little, little demon whispering in their ear, feeding them their thoughts. You're your own guy. No one tells you what to do. No one forces their beliefs on you. You, you, you come up with this on your own. Yes, I came up with this on my own. <laughs> if we could see the reality of the, uh, of the spirit realm, we'd know. Now, I'm going to get my thinking from somewhere. I'm going to get my beliefs from somewhere. I choose where to get them from. Because anyone else I listen to, they might be right and they might be wrong, and I'm not sure. But if I filter it all through the Word of God, I can be steady, sure, stable, and I know God's backing it up. Jesus raised from the dead to show me this is the real thing. Showed himself to many people. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18 says, While we do not look at the things which are seen, notice that language, 
He said, don't look at what you see. Does that make sense? Well, if I don't look at what I can see, what am I supposed to look at? He said, but at the things which are not seen. So I'm supposed to look at invisible stuff. Does that make any sense? This makes all the spiritual sense in the world. Every time you close your eyes, you start looking at stuff you can't see. Come on. Not only are there, is it spiritual vision, God has given us an imagination. What are you using yours for? Many times we allow ourselves to imagine the worst. We play out scenarios in our minds of accidents and, and, and diseases and problems and things going badly for us. That's not what our imagination is for. It should be directed by the Word of God where I, I see a promise. I see, I see what the Lord planned for my future. And so I start thinking about it. And I say, oh, I can see that. You see that? Yeah, it's, starting, it's nice, huh? It's good. Use your imagination in a godly way. But the Scripture again says we're to see, we're to look at those things that are invisible. That means all the things that I see physically, that's not top priority with me. That's not really what we're focused on. Why is that so? Because for the things which are seen are temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. If they're temporary, it means they can change. If they're eternal, it means they won't change. All right? So I want to get focused on what never changes. Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. I want to go with that. Anything you can see. If there's a problem that you've been diagnosed as incurable, this is an impossible situation. According to the Word of God, it's changeable. Well, there's not a cure. Yes, there is. There absolutely is. It's in the B-I-B-L-E. It's called 1 Peter 2.24 that says, By His stripes we were healed. I've got an option now. I've got a report, and I've got a word from God. Which one am I going to go with? That's the choice we make. I woke up with this pain. It's your choice. Accept it or reject it. I know this sounds. I know this is new and and uh, to some, many of you, it's not. But it's to some, this is new thinking. It's like that's just simplistic. That's just you're making it. That's not real life. Your beliefs drive you. That's real life. That happens before you're saved and after you're saved. We just have recognized that we can choose to believe God's word, and by me believing that more than what I see. It changes a physical reality. Amen. And again, if I, if I see scientists or psychologists or ones who can identify these patterns in natural human beings, how much more when we have the living Word of God should we let it direct our steps and order the course of our lives? Amen. I don't want to act like my faith, what I believe, is irrelevant to me Jesus again and again in his in his earthly ministry identified and pointed to an individual's faith as the reason for their miracle he said it's your faith that made you well well if faith worked back then to produce those kind of results what will it do today it's the same thing amen but again people choose to believe whatever they want to believe and uh, I like what, what happened with Paul over in Acts 27. He was, of course, he was a prisoner for preaching the gospel, persecuted. And he was on a ship. They were on their way going to Rome. And, 
and they encountered some serious stormage <laughs> and uh, bad stuff going on. And they were out there for days without, or was it weeks, I forget, without food. And uh, they're starving and they're, they're all thinking, we are going to die. And this, it was looking really bad. I don't know if anyone's ever been on, a, on the ocean with some waves. And uh, <laughs> uh, the, the largest ships <laughs> get tossed around like nothing <laughs> with big storms. And uh, anyway, in the middle of that, Paul got a word from God, though. And the Lord told him, you're, you're going to make it. And not only that, everyone on the ship, no one's going to lose their life. And, uh, and they're all thinking they're going down. But he stood up in the middle of them and said, I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. That's the kind of language that we need to adapt. No matter what's happening, can you find a verse? Can you do a little concordance search on the Internet? Find, a, find verses that will apply to your situation and whatever you're, you're, you're trusting God for in your life. And then stand up boldly and say, oh, I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Oh, yeah, but look, this is not working out. No, I believe God. It shall be even as it was told me. I know, but time's running out. I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. I tell you what, there's nothing more valuable in, in, in this context than knowing that God has given you something to stand on, a word, and it's our choice every day. Am I going to go with that? Am I going to go with what I see and feel or all the negative reports that have come my way? What shapes your beliefs? What are you allowing to stay? We hear a lot of things. What are you allowing to stay? There's some things I hear, I just don't really know. Like, I'm not sure about that. I leave it in the unknown bin. I'm not going to let it trouble me. I'm not going to be confused. I'm not going to live my life wondering. I'm going to stay with what I know. If I don't know about there are some things I don't know about. If I don't know about it, I'm going to leave that, again, in the unknown category. If I ever find out and I find it's true, pull it in. Shape my life. Let, it, let my belief system be influenced by it. But many things, nope. I, I hear what you're saying. I'm just not going with it. Why? I'm going to go with the Lord. Amen. If I believe I'm subject to sickness and disease, that's going to affect my life. Could kill me. But if I believe I got a word from God that's more powerful than that, and that's going to change my life too. If I believe everything's against me, what does that make? That turns me into a victim. But it's my choice whether I believe that. If I believe that immoral behaviors are acceptable and okay, no big deal, well, that's going to hurt me. It's going to hurt other people too. But, all, but my decision to believe these things will impact my future, no question. In finishing here today, the Bible tells us, and I don't need you to follow me here uh, in your Bibles, but Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 20, it says, Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. What will happen if I believe in Him? I'll be established. I say, what if I just don't believe? It's our choice. This is not some overwhelming, overwhelming feeling that comes on me. <gasps> oh, I believe now. I choose. I've got things before me every day of my life, and I choose to believe it or not to believe it. He said, 
Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets and you shall prosper. God speaks through people. And we need to recognize when he does. Why? So we receive that word. So we hear what God is saying. What will happen if I do? He said, I prosper. Let me just encourage you today. Go with the word. Choose, the, choose that better part. Choose that good part to hear the words of the Lord. Never get so caught up in your life of even serving God or serving here in the church, helping other people, that you miss out on what God is saying. Because that will shape and affect your belief system, which will guide your life. We don't take away from the first, but we value highly the second. God is right. And this is a choice for life and blessing. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're so thankful today for this time we've had to honor and value the words of your mouth. Lord, we let them influence our thinking today a lot of thoughts out there many voices in this world but we purpose in our hearts today to hear your thoughts to receive your thinking to receive the words of the master and father we I, I pray that every person would we would be the same way but that whenever we see the choice of what you've said and what we may see or feel, we commit to saying, be it unto me according to your word. I choose the word of God. Even though some situations look like it can't be. I don't know how this is going to work out. We choose to believe you. Thank you for your grace, Lord. Thank you for your help and your strength. And enables us to stand. Father, for those who've come to church this morning that have never made that, de that decision, that